Hey everyone, welcome and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of The Julian Ryan Show. I wanted to take this first episode to introduce myself, Julian, who will be the host of this podcast and give you guys a little background on who I am and why I decided to create this podcast. So, my name is Julian. I graduated in 2017 with a bachelor's in economics and accounting. I had no internships during my undergrad, so when I graduated, I was pretty desperate for any job that would hire me, and I accepted my first position as a tax intern and started in January of 2018, where I worked at a public accounting firm in San Jose. I was originally hired to work from January through April, which is the traditional tax season, But after working there for about a month and a half, I realized that that was not the job for me. So to start off in January, I was being trained on what I was doing as a public accountant doing taxes. And by February, I was well into my 40-hour workweek groove. I did not know at the time how labor-intensive tax season would be. So starting around the second week of February, I was working 55 hours a week. The last week of February, I was working 60 hours a week. The first week of March, 70. And then each week until April 1st, I was supposed to just increase my hours per week at work. And the last week of March, I was actually working 90 hours a week. So very quickly, before my internship even had the full duration, I knew that I did not want to do accounting. I did not want to do public accounting, especially if I was going to be working up to 90 hours a week. Who could do that? So around mid-March is when I actually realized fully that I wasn't wanting to do this. That long work week tied tied in with the hostile work environment that I was facing at work, where my managers and directors would constantly yell at me every time I made a mistake was just... It was taking a very big toll on my mental health, so much so that towards the end of March, I actually tried to quit before my internship ended, um, to which my managers were very disappointed in me and basically tried to scare me into staying by saying, if you leave now, you will never find a job again and you're basically committing career suicide. They told me no one would hire me again because I was quitting a job before tax season ended. And of course that scared me, so I ended up staying. And I stayed for another week, and during that week, my managers were very brutal to me. They were getting mad at any mistake I was making, when of course when you're working 90-hour weeks, you're bound to make mistakes. You're going to work at 6 a.m., coming home, leaving work at 9 p.m. for almost basically seven days, give or take a few hours from that schedule. Of course there's bound to be errors. And I didn't even know at the time what they were doing was illegal because when I was working from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., all I took as a break was a 30-minute lunch break, like off the rec, like on official records. Um, Of course, there were times when I was just sitting at my computer confused and not wanting to do anything, but that was still available to the client. Anyways, the last week of March is when I put in my notice, and when I did so, the directors were very rude to me. They were like, are you working on anything? Are your tax returns in any phase? And I was like, no, I finished the last return I was working on. And they were basically like, okay, pack your bags and go, or pack up your desk and go. So I did. And within 
basically 20 minutes of me putting in my notice, I was out. And that's when I learned very quickly that there is no thing, there's no such thing as company loyalty in America or corporate America at least. So I left my internship at the end of March with no job lined up and I had a gap in my employment until the end of May when a new company hired me and they tried to lowball me the offer. They tried to pay me $3 less than what I was making at my tax internship. So I actually successfully negotiated a raise to what I was making at my prior employment position. And I actually liked working at that job, but I worked at that job for five days because I got an offer from a new company. I don't want to give the name for privacy reasons, but it is a well-established company in Silicon Valley. It is one of the companies that makes Silicon Valley so popular. If I told you the name, you would know what it is. So at the time I received the offer for that company, I was working at my, my second job for five days and then I gave notice for a two-week notice and again the manager just fired me. Um, that one I understood because I didn't learn anything and why would they waste time training me or having me do any work that I didn't know how to do. So a week later I started my job at my dream company. All throughout college I was telling all my friends, I was like, I don't know how but I'm gonna be working at this company when I graduate and a year later, I was doing that. It was a really big moment for me. I got a job that I dreamed of at a company that me along with like probably millions of people dream out working at. And I was so excited and I was like, wow, I made it. That wasn't the case. Um, so on my first day at work, I didn't have access to anything. So I didn't have access to the accounting software to my email and I had access to nothing. And to give more background on the position, this company hired me and a brand new team of accountants to go over the new accounting standard for leases. So I'd be differentiating the new standard for what is an operating lease, an embedded lease, in a capitalized lease. Um, basically to give you guys an understanding, no one really had a specialization on lease accounting and that's what they hired all of these accountants for so they knew i had no experience in lease accounting they knew i had a combined total of three weeks and one month or three months and one week of accounting experience um, and that was all the experience i had so my first day i had access to no systems so my boss gave me a PowerPoint to read on what the new accounting standard is based on what the accounting board was publishing, what the big four, Deloitte, PwC, and Ernst & Young, and KPMG were guiding new accountants as what would be the lease accounting standard. So my first day at this company was just me reading what the standard was. Flash forward to the next day. Um, still don't have access to any of the softwares and my boss comes up to me asking me what I'm working on tell her that oh IT still hasn't given me access to anything I'm still reading the powerpoints until I have access to at least my email she gets mad at me she goes Julian you need to take the initiative if you don't have your access you can't just sit around for people to do it for you um okay so I didn't know what to do I can't email IT to give me an email that's not 
something that I thought of. So I went down to IT and just asked them to send up my email. And then it wasn't until Wednesday of that week where I could actually start working on things. So my boss was mad that I basically wasted my Monday and Tuesday. By Wednesday, I'm actually able to get started on my work. And the people that are training me, again, are also confused on how this lease standard would work. On top of that, they were hired a week prior to me with no training. They learned everything on their own. So we were figuring things out together. They were teaching me what they knew in the week that they've been there on my first day and i was like okay this is starting to make sense we me and a team of three walked through some line items on our income statement and we were like oh what is this expense for oh it's over sixty thousand dollars let's write it as a lease for now i do that for wednesday and thursday friday afternoon my boss comes up to me she goes julian let me see what you've been working on for this week and at that point, three days into it, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. This is what I've been working on. This is my understanding. And so we go through an Excel spreadsheet of like 500 lines. I pick out a random line and say, so this is a line I haven't worked on. Here's my thought process. I walk it through my thought process of going into the invoice, seeing what the expenditure was, going to a contract. And the hard part about this company in particular was that because it's such a big company, there's also a lot of turnaround because it's a startup. So I couldn't just email the person who purchased this invoice what this was for. I had to do my own research and Google what the company was and do all of that. So basically I walked her through my process and I said, so that's it. This is what I do. And this is how I came to the conclusion. She looked at me and was like, this was all wrong everything you did wrong like show me another line something that you've already done maybe you messed up somewhere but this isn't right so i go and show her something that i worked on with the team that trained me again they also received no training this is all just us trying to figure everything out the blind leading the blind she goes okay well basically what you guys worked on was wrong um, just because you guys thought that this was what you were doing doesn't mean it's right. You should have came to me for help. Um, oh, forgot to mention, we did come to her for help. And she was saying that she didn't know what to like anything about the lease accounting standard and to reference the publications, which we were doing. She still said it was wrong. The Friday of my first week, she goes, Julian, um, you didn't do so well today. And the reason we had this meeting was because I wanted to make sure that you'd be able to come back to work on Monday. She said that to me Friday afternoon before I left. Um, that was obviously very nerve wracking. I remember being so nervous to go back to work on Monday the next morning or the next Monday and just thinking like, oh my God, is my ID card going to be locked? Is it going to be like inactive and I can't get into the system? Um, so I remember showing up Monday morning like with a big sigh of relief that the door opened with my ID card but then going right back to nerves because I was so scared to make any mistake at that company. And it was so funny because I remember thinking like my first internship, I was working 90 hours a week and I was so nervous. And in this position, I was working 40 hours a week, but feeling even more nervous, um, like less time, but less time at work, but just more scared to be there. So at the end of my second week, I put in my two weeks notice. And at that time, it was a very hard decision for me. 
I was only there for two weeks. I put in a notice at my dream company and I just remember thinking like, wow, I'm really, I'm really walking away from a position that I dreamed of and I beat out thousands of people for this job and I was just like, goodbye, like I can't handle the stress here. I can't handle the amount of pressure that you're putting on me and it was it only took me two weeks to to learn that like I didn't even give it a month or three which is the normal amount of time it takes for someone to really learn to be comfortable in their role I just felt like I was too scared to keep going and after I left this dream job I was scared I didn't know what was next I just walked away from what was most people's and my own like ultimate career goal and I didn't know what was next after that so I ended that job in the last week of June and I just took the next week off because I had no job lined up and I didn't find my next position until the end of August and it was at that company where I saw like oh maybe I don't need kind of like a brand name company like a company that everyone's heard of to feel value in my career I was working for a video game company I've never heard of no one in my family had heard of none of my friends had heard of but I was happy at it like that company was very relaxed they had great benefits like medical vision health all paid for free lunch every day free snacks it was basically a Silicon Valley company that is famous for what Silicon Valley or it's like what it had benefits that Silicon Valley is known for um, and I only lasted there three months and if you're wondering why it's because I learned that my management lied to me it was attempt to perm position and the salary that we agreed upon conversion was a lot less than what they actually offered me so just by quickly calculating it right now it was 66% or no it was 33% less than what they offered me so they offered me x amount and what they offered me upon conversion was 33% less I felt very betrayed and undervalued and I just didn't choose to convert based on morals and again that was I would say my fourth job that year and then at that time, it was October of 2018, and I was interviewing for two more jobs, and I got offered positions for both of them. One was a nonprofit in Oakland, and one was a government agency also in Oakland, and I accepted both and turned them both down <laughs> because I was just like, at that point, I was like, I've accepted so many job offers, and I quit them within longest being three months, shortest being five days, and I was like, you know what, in my next position, I want it to be a position that I know I'm going to thrive at. I don't want to accept a position just because it's new, it's going to pay me. I want to take my time with this position and make sure it's a place I could stay for a long time. So that's what I did. I actually interned in December, er, interviewed in December at two companies, one with an hour-long commute away, but with a company culture that I really liked. And then one company that was about 20 minutes away, but with the company culture that basically was just like the other companies that I had worked at previously this year. So 
me not knowing what I wanted to do, I accepted the job offer to both of the companies. And I remember the start date was, the start date for one company was like July 4th, or sorry, January 4th of 2019. And the next company was like January 11th. So I thought that I would work at one company and see how it was going, see if I liked it. And then if I did, I would just call in sick and still try out the other company for two, like two days and see how the vibe of that company was going. So come January 2018, that's exactly what I did. I went to the company whose commute was 20 minutes away that I knew I wasn't going to like. And I worked there for four days. So I worked there from Jan- June. I worked there from Monday through Thursday. And I already knew that company I was not going to last at. I knew that if I stayed there for three months, like, I would not last at that company. Literally in my first four days, I got dress coded at a company. And that was something I'd never heard of because at my prior jobs, I would wear, like, a hoodie and shorts. Or at my tax internship when I was working 90-hour work weeks, I would come in, like, pajamas. And when I worked at that big company... I came to work in a long sleeve and just khakis. This company, I came to work in a long sleeve and khakis. I got called into my manager in the CFO's office and was like, I got told, we like to differentiate who works in the factory versus who works in the office. So tomorrow you need to come to work business casual. And that was like the first four days. So I knew like... I'm not going to work here. Like if you're dressed, if you're getting mad at me as something as little as dress code, like, come on, like that doesn't measure my ability to work competently as an accountant, get my work done efficiently and accurately. So, um, started up the new, co- I called in sick on Friday because my new company asked if I could start work on that Friday, which I thought was weird. I thought it was going to be another startup that was desperate for an accountant. And I was like, Oh God, like, here we go again. But I actually went to work on that Friday, and everyone was so nice. They had happy hour that Friday. They were very kind. Um, Everyone is friendly. It was an environment that I wasn't used to. And even on my first day, they were like, oh, you can come in at 9, and you can leave early because it's Friday. And I was like, what? We can leave early because it's Friday, and there's free food here? Like, what? So I called in sick to the other job that Friday. And then just to make sure that they weren't trying to sell themselves, I went in on Monday and called in sick to that com- to the company whose commute was shorter and went back to that job whose company I really liked. And I ended up really liking it so much that I put in no notice to my other job. I was just like, I quit effective immediately and started working at my current position. And I've been here since January 2019, so it's been about a year and 10 months, and things were going really well for the first year. I was learning a lot, I was getting along with my coworkers. I really loved my team, and that was something, this was a job I felt like, oh my god, maybe working's not that bad. I can see myself working for a long time. And then... I got access to our payroll files because the senior accountant wanted to transition the payroll responsibilities to me. And it was in that moment that I realized that corporate America is very corrupt. 
when I accepted my job, I negotiated, they offered me a position, they offered me a salary and I negotiated a salary that was 5,000 more because they said they couldn't go higher. At the time, I never really thought about anyone's salaries, so I was okay. And then I got access to people's salaries and I saw that people were making three, four, five times my salary and I was bothered by it. Like I I wasn't bothered until I saw other people's salaries and I know that comparison is the thief of joy, but it was in that moment when I knew like, oh, it's not that they couldn't because it is clear that the budget is there to raise my salary. It's more so that they didn't want to. And what really bothered me was that we have one person in our company who manages our Twitter account. And at first I was like, okay, like I'm not sure how much they're making. I don't really care. Until I realized that they were getting paid $15,000 more than me to tweet 20 tweets a week. And that was it. Just tweeting five tweets a day, not even one an hour. And you know what? Shout out to him for finding a job that pays as well as it does for what he does. But it bothered me. And I went and I went home that day and I started looking for new jobs and I was just like, or I could just, well, I thought to myself, like, do I really want to leave my job that I like or should I just ask my boss for a raise? So I did what anyone would do and I scheduled a one-on-one with my manager and I asked for either a raise or a timeline or track to a promotion. And I let her know everything that I've done. It's not like I was asking for this raise. Well, part of it was me asking for a raise just because I saw everyone's salary. But my raise was justified in the sense that from the time I was hired to the, the time I got access, I gained so many responsibilities. Like, I was doing payroll. I helped implement two accounting softwares. I helped automate one of our... Uh, cash collection receivables processes that literally accelerated the collection of our cash drastically. So I brought that up in my raise meeting with my manager, my raise meeting and promotion, and was swiftly denied. Like, as soon as I brought it up, I was denied. And she was like, yeah, we recognize what you do, um, but we don't think that." we don't think it's worth it. She didn't say those words, but that's how it came off to me. She just said, um, I think you're getting paid fairly and we can discuss compensation later, but honestly, you are getting paid fairly and we don't see it going above what you're getting paid now. It was in that moment when I was just feeling discouraged. I felt like I was working very hard at a company that acknowledged the work that I was doing, but didn't value it. They didn't value the work I was doing and for me that made it seem like they didn't value me as an employee or a person and I knew that I was getting underpaid because I was interviewing I will always interview for a company whether or not I'm actively looking for a job one just to keep my interview skills up and two to make sure that I'm my the skills I have are still marketable but I knew that I was getting paid a lot less than the jobs I was interviewing for around the time I had around a year and a half of experience. So to put it in perspective, I was 
I'm getting paid about 30% less than what other companies were offering me. And that's also part of the reason why I asked my manager for a raise. So it was me knowing that I was underpaid at my current company and the market industry rate, as well as me putting in a lot of value and literally like accelerating our cash and revenue. So that is part of the reason why I started looking for new jobs and what led me to want to create this podcast. When I was interviewing for new jobs after after being denied a raise, so this wasn't during me just interviewing for fun. This was me that I was like, I'm not even sure if accounting is for me. So at this point in my career, which is the present, I have been working hard as an accountant at my current company, been denied a raise and promotion um, based on the value I put in and knowing I've been underpaid based on market rate. And that was just one thing that I knew. But then also looking back at my career (coughs) at my current company and the previous ones that I've worked at, I never really found the job fulfilling. So at my current company, I actually hate the work that I do. Um, A big portion of it is asking people for receipts or asking people why they made purchases, getting mad at people for not approving things fast enough, and me getting yelled at. So one of my responsibilities is to pay invoices. I'll enter them into the invoice payment system, and I'll I'll get yelled at for someone not approving their invoice even though I'll email them once or twice a week saying, hey, can you approve this invoice? It's due. But yeah, I'll get yelled at because they didn't approve it. Like, what more can I do? Also, a large portion of me, my daily responsibilities is to review expense reports. And it gets really annoying and tedious when our someone will submit an expense report for $11 and they don't have a receipt, but the manager and CFO will get mad at me because they don't have a receipt and I can't approve it. And it's $11 to me. I don't care about that. And the salesperson doesn't care about that either. So it really, the accounting profession, it just bothers me in the sense where the only interaction I have with my coworkers is asking them, Hey, I need your receipt or else you can't be approved for this report. Especially when those co-workers can't differentiate work versus personal conversations and then I also learned that whether or not a department thinks about it everything they do falls back on accounting so a salesperson who goes on a trip to sell their software they're just looking to sell the software and they're submitting their expense report They're not thinking like, oh, I need this receipt for accounting. I need to list everything. They're just there to sell their software. That's their job. The person in HR and recruiting, they're taking company, they're taking um, candidates out for lunch. They're not caring about the receipts. They're just like, all I need to do right now is sell the company to this client and make sure that we can hire the best talent. Like no one really knows what falls back on accounting. And that's also why I hated the job because I would always have to go out and be like, hey, I need your receipt for this. Why did you eat out with this person? And they're like, obviously I was interviewing the candidate. I'm like, okay, well, you need to write that down for when we're audited. You need to write down the candidate's name, what position they were interviewing for, what department they were interviewing for, who they were, who their manager is. Like, And HR is just like, 
I don't care. All I did was hire this person. Like you figured out. So that's also what led me to create this podcast. It's because when I was interviewing after being denied the raise and promotion, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in accounting. So I actually started reaching out to a bunch of my friends and family members and asking them about what their career was like because I was strongly considering switching. So I interviewed my friend who worked as a marketing analyst and they referred me to their friend who worked at Facebook as a talent sourcer saying what Facebook as a company looks for in their applicants. And what I was realizing as I was interviewing all of my friends was that no one's really answering the questions that I was asking them. Like, oh, what is their career path trajectory? Like, what do you see yourself becoming in five to 10 years? Like, do you think you'll stay in the same industry? What's your favorite part? What's the least favorite part? Working in your industry, working at your company, in your position. And I realized that, like, I couldn't find a lot of this information. And that's when I was thinking, hey, why don't we record this information and let other people have access to this. So if someone's thinking about working in your position or at your company, they'll have more insight as to what it's really like from someone who experiences it on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I hope to bring on this podcast. I hope you guys in the next few weeks will enjoy the the conversations I have as I bring guests on the show to talk about their industries in marketing or in the hair care industry as well as talking about topics like the interview process or job hopping. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about my background. I hope you guys are just as excited for this podcast as I am. And be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode. And thanks again for listening. Bye.